Heidi, Heidi ho, Michael Sparks here. It's the Entrepreneur Show. This is episode two. Yeah, where the heck have you been? I know. I don't know. Just been kind of crazy. Why it takes eight months to make the second episode? Don't ask me. But I'm finally doing it. Just doing it, as they say. Um, today on our show, I want to talk about how the military or joining the military helped me become an entrepreneur. I got some ideas on this. Uh, if you don't know me, I've been in the, uh, I've been a veteran and, uh, actually still active national guard since, uh, 1988 when I graduated high school. I, uh, <clears throat> so I've got 31 years right now of military experience gives me the uh, insight to maybe talk to somebody younger that uh, wants to be an entrepreneur and, and how they can understand what I did as far as uh, I didn't do it on purpose. I could tell you that, but uh, I had no clue that I was going to be an entrepreneur later in life. Uh, actually, it wasn't later. I was age 30 when I started. But anyhow, I, I just want to give out some ideas here. When I was growing up, I uh, was from a small town in Ohio, and uh, as you can say, say uh, it's it was a little small farming town, uh, and there wasn't a lot of uh, cultural diversity, as they would say. Um, and we only graduated about seventy people, I think, maybe one hundred twenty. I don't know. Our graduating class was not very big, <clears throat> but. Uh, I think joining the military gave me diversity of ideas and exposure to different cultures and people, uh, which, you know, really helped me get along with a, a, a very diverse uh, types of people. I, um, you know, the people that you hang around with, the way they say, or uh, five people you hang around with are your, uh, can determine uh, your net worth or something like that. I don't know. But anyhow... I think uh, getting away from that and being exposed to a lot of various places, people, things, uh, you know, over the years I've lived in um, Germany, I lived in uh, the South, Tennessee, I lived in the West, uh, which is uh, Western Texas, El Paso, Texas, I lived in the deeper South, Alabama, and I lived in, um, in Virginia, so a lot of different places that I've lived, uh, exposure to different cultures, different uh, people. I think that had a big impact on uh, me becoming an entrepreneur. That was uh, something I think was really helpful. Again, if you're listening to this and you're a younger person and you think, well, maybe I'm not college material right now, or maybe I don't have the, the maturity or, um, <laughs> or the money right now. A lot of these people that are deep in debt. I can't afford to go to college, but they go anyhow and, you know, they, they graduate with hundreds of thousands of dollars of uh, student loan debt before they even get their first job. Uh, I, I knew I wasn't college material and, and I think it was a lot less expensive back in 1988, 89 than it is now. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quite certain of that. Probably half, if not uh, less of the cost that they, uh, college costs now. But I knew I wasn't college material. I would have blown away all that 
time and money and went and got much out of it. Uh, and, and the things that I was interested way back then are, are kind of different now. You know, I, <laughs> I play the saxophone in the band. So that's what I want, thought I wanted to do when I grew up until I realized I wasn't as good as <laughs> most ever, everybody else. So, uh, if I had that dream of being a, uh, you know, next Kenny G or whatever it, that, that kind of fell short pretty quickly. Uh, and I realized that. And uh, so if I have spent, what, four years going to college, I probably would have uh, not gotten out of it what I wanted. But uh, anyhow, <clears throat> uh, my second best option, what I had then was, uh, you know, hey, how do I get out of uh, small town Ohio? What, what, what can I do to get out of here? Uh, and a friend of mine had joined the Army. It was a year ahead of me, and he came back, and I thought, oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to join the Army. You know, see the world, have adventure. Um, I didn't know really anything about the army. I didn't, I didn't, I, you know, they gave you these nice cool brochures, but I really didn't know a lot about it. And, uh, it sounded interesting. And, uh, so I, uh, went and signed up. I think it was, I don't know. I think I signed up February or March when I, right before I turned 18, and I, I, I remember coming home, telling my mom, I was like, mom, join, join the army. She said, oh no, you're going to, you know, go to war and die and all these things. And I said, no, mom, I joined the band. Yeah. Little that I know the band is still part of the army and, and, uh, you still go to war and carry an M16 and do all those other things. So that's one of the things, if you realize that, uh, you know, the military has a reason it's to fight wars. But uh, the upside, uh, and the vast majority of the people that join the military, um, you know, unless they're in, like, combat arms, which there's nothing wrong with that, but you can, um, it, it's it's not as bad as they say. So, uh, some things that uh, I think being in the military helped me with, uh, one of them is sticking with it through uh, thick and thin that, that uh, perseverance uh, and, and, you know, what happened f- for me is a couple of things. Is one, one was I was in basic training and I dislocated my knee and, uh, during a run. And uh, I, uh, it, it was actually, it, it actually dislocated and stayed dislocated. So I had to ride in, in the ambulance uh, to the hospital and they, you know, popped it back in place. Oh, just thinking about that still gives me the sh- shivers. But uh, of course, you know, usually that hangs up your career, you know, like, oh no, dislocated. You're, we're going to kick you out. So uh, I think I was off for, you know, two weeks maybe or whatever. And they sent me to physical therapy. And of course you're still having to do all your basic training stuff. You got to keep up with the, uh, the training part of it. You have so many, objectives that you you know that you can't not do or you or you get recycled or or fail and so I went to all the things I think the only thing I didn't do was like the hand-to-hand combat which wasn't like a requirement thing uh but everything else I was able to do and you know the the first aid and the NBC classes and the marksmanship training and all that stuff and got through it and uh they said well you know you have to pass a PT test before you can get out. Luckily I was a runner before I joined the army. 
and uh, the little running that I actually did, uh, I smoked the PT test. Still no problem. Even even with a jacked up knee, it uh, was pretty uh, non-eventful for passing. So that was that was one thing that uh, I was able to stick it through thin and thin and and get through it basic training. The next one, uh, I went to my uh, advanced individual training school, and uh, like I said, playing the saxophone, I I, I squeaked in getting uh, the audition, passed the audition to get in the Army, and uh, I realized pretty quick that uh, practice wasn't my big thing. I should have known that in high school because I didn't like to practice then either, but, uh, you know, I was probably good enough to, to get by and, you know, I sat first chair or whatever, but. Uh, I get to the AIT and and I I do okay coming in and then I kind of slough off. You know, I just could not sit in those stupid practice rooms for hours and hours on end. It just made me crazy. I I, I think it may be like the ADHD thing or whatever. But <clears throat> so I get to this school I'm at. It's called the School of Music and it basically they give you a a, a two year degree in six months or something like that of a, a music degree type thing, but. And uh, I failed the first outgoing audition uh, to get out of the school, which was, you know, if you don't do that, they recycle you into something else. And if you've made it through basic training, now if you failed at the AIT, they've got so much money invested in you that uh, they're going to make you do something, you know, cook, crane operator, or something like that. I'm like, oh, no, this is not going to be good. So I so I begged and pleaded and and got my stuff together, as they say, and I took the second outgoing audition. And when you know, I failed that one too. So I, so I, uh, I'm like, oh no, this is this is not going to be good. And uh, I, I was really close, and I had uh, my uh, instructors and all that was pulling for me, and they said, you know, this I've come a long way. I'm doing really good. Just give them one more shot. So the third time, I third time's a charm. I did make it three times. If it would happen nowadays, they, they would have, you know, they would not. You, you fail at once, you're done. It's just kind of how they are. So understanding that failure isn't really such a bad thing. Obviously, in the military, they if you fail at some things, that you know you go back and they give you another try or uh, they make you do things that you maybe didn't sign up for, but that's okay. When you fail in business, you know, it's not a, it's a learning experience. It's just like it is in the military. It's a learning. It's how, what can I do better? What can I do different? And uh, so that one thing that I think that uh, being in the military was the fact that, you know, you're going to have failures and, uh, you know, they weren't so detrimental to my life that uh, made me give up or anything. So I, I, you know, I just persevered through and did what it took to to make it, you know. Uh, The third failure that I had was on uh, getting promoted. Uh, So I did uh, eight years of active duty in the Army uh, and... uh, my first duty station was at the 101st Airborne uh, at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. And where we live today uh, uh, in Tennessee, right, it's right up the road for, for us. But uh, I I was on, uh, so, so and being in the Army band field, you come in as an E3 because you have what they call a civilian acquired skill. Uh, and then usually when you graduate from your AIT, you get uh, the next stripe, which is uh, E4 uh, specialist. And, uh, so I got my specialist came to their, uh, Fort Campbell and, 
you know, I, I came in right out of high school and a lot of people that join the army band, uh, have college degrees, like a vast majority. I think most of them now, uh, back then in the day, it was a little bit easier, but now most people have college degrees that come in. So, you know, you, somebody with no college education, uh, competing with people with degrees, it's really difficult because your promotions are based on points and you get so many points for having a college degree. So I signed up for college classes and it, it always seemed like something was happening. We were going to the field. We were getting deployed. We were, oh, it's change of command season. You can't miss class. You can't miss the, or you can't miss uh, this uh, change of command or this and that and end up dropping. And I, I dropped out uh, several of classes that you couldn't just didn't have time to, to complete them. And it was just difficult taking class after, after working all day anyhow, which you know, now it's just an excuse if you really wanted to get it done. And many people do get it done. So, um, so I did actually eight years and I was at E4 the whole entire time. I could not get promoted. I was on the list. I was promotable, but, uh, there was always somebody ahead of me on that list. Uh, they either had the college degree or scored better on the PT test or whatever. And, uh, you know, I remember I was fifth on the list one time. There's usually 10 people on the list is what they would have. And, uh, this was during the drawdown uh, after Desert Storm. They drew the military down. Uh, this, if you remember, that's uh, uh, the mid '90s, and uh, <clears throat> so they're drawing down the military. And uh, I, you know, I was on this list on the promotion list, and they dropped down and drop. They'd pick up one. You know, the point. The points were based off of seven ninety eight, eight hundred, or something. They drop down and pick up one. Then they drop down. They pick up another one. You know, so. After the eight years, I uh, they would they they call your retention control point. So I I reached that and I and I had to get out. Uh, they have actually they actually paid me like a severance. I think it was like twelve thousand dollars. It was like about eight thousand after taxes. But anyhow, um, I had to get off active duty. And I'm like, okay, I'm done with this military thing. I'm not gonna do this ever again. This is just terrible. And and you know maybe I'm gonna go to school now. So I'm like twenty. 26 years old and I'm going to, uh, college, uh, you know, growing up in Ohio, I was blue collar kind of guy I'd like to work with my hands. And so I went to school to become a machinist that didn't work. I, I couldn't stand in front of a computer circling back around. It was like sitting in that stupid practice room. I, except I'm just standing behind a machine all day and I'm like, this is not, this is not me. I can't do this for 30, 40 years standing behind a machine, pushing a button. I mean, a monkey can do that. And I'm not saying anything bad about machinists because they can do some phenomenal work, but it just wasn't me. So, um, I had gotten a job while I was in school at the, uh, Anniston army depot. And there was all these old guys that were retirees from, um, from, uh, Fort, Fort McClellan down there in, in, uh, Alabama. And, uh, you know, we'd sit around on break or lunchtime and, oh, you know, you're, you're, you've got eight years. You should, you should, you should go into the reserves and finish out. Or, or first they say, well, man, you should get back on active duty. After that, after I got off about six months after I got off active duty, they promoted every single person on that list. Talk about a letdown. You know, I was like, man, I wanted to, I wanted to retire in the military uh, active duty, but it just didn't happen. So I thought, Oh man, I'm going to get back on active duty. And, uh, yeah, my, uh, my wife at the time, she was active duty as well. So we were dual service or, uh, dual military, what do they call it? And, uh, so we had all the inside connections at, uh, 
at the uh, brand, they call it branch, the, the, the band branch uh, up in Washington, D.C. or whatever, wherever it's at. And we get a slot for me there at Fort McClellan. Uh, I, I practiced back up and um, actually uh, took an audition at Fort McClellan. And I was, of course, obviously, I was still in great shape, 26 years old, 27 years old at that time. That had been, yeah, 97. And uh, I just uh, put all the paperwork, did all the stuff. And so I had a friend helping me that was in the recruiting, and she wasn't supposed to be helping prior service because they don't get any points for it. Well, they found out, and they threw my stuff in the trash. I end up sending an email to the sergeant major of the United States Army Recruiting Command and telling them, you know, how jacked up that is. You know, look, I did eight years. I'm just trying to get back on. And, and of course, as they say, shit rolled downhill. And, uh, uh, she got in trouble. The command got in trouble. Of course, uh, there was pretty much no hope of me getting back on active duty after that, after, uh, you know, making a bunch of people angry. So, uh, another failure right there. Uh, can't get back on active duty. I'm like, Oh, what do I do? Well, they said, well, if you sign into the, the reserves, maybe that'll help you get on active duty. And so I was still in my, um, Required, you have to do. Uh, I had to do like two or three years of IRR, individual ready reserve, where you don't show up or anything, but you're they can call you up at any time. So, because I had that, all I, all I had to do was just uh, sign into a reserve unit and I was in. I, there was no paperwork or questions asked. I just they had to let me in because I, as long as I had a slot, they let me in there. Uh, so, I get in the reserves and and uh, start doing that, and uh, it was uh, it was uh, good. Because, you know, I was still part of the military and and I was able to, you know, keep doing the right thing or whatever. Uh, and it's, and it's you know, once you're in the military, it's like a, a sense of belonging. It's brotherhood, sisterhood, whatever you want to call it, you know. So, um, you know, that, that, that was it. But that, that was the, the big failure right there is I couldn't get back on active duty. So what am I going to do? You know, I, I didn't like the schooling thing again, and I didn't, couldn't get it back in the military. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, uh, it kind of opened my eyes to thinking, you know, working for somebody that has control over your destined des- destiny or, you know, what the future holds for you is, is kind of a scary thing, you know, and they say, well, having, having a, um, you know, a steady job, guaranteed paycheck, da, 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 da. Well, it's okay until it, you know, you're fired or you, you know, (laughs) you're kicked out or whatever. And then, you know, you don't have any paycheck. So, uh, that's another thing that how the military helped me become an entrepreneur. I see this and I'm like, you know, I don't want this to keep happening. I don't want this, uh, uh, military experience, uh, you know, to, to keep happening through my whole life. So, uh, I saw the writing on the wall and, and, uh, you know, like I said, joined the reserves and, and did the rest of my time in that, but, uh, we'll, we'll circle back around to that. Uh, another way that I think it helped me was uh, working with others as a team, obviously playing in the band. That's uh, uh, a team effort. You know, you, you can't uh, be the soloist on every song. Uh, so you have to learn to play together. Uh, and if you know any kind of pe- people that are musicians, it's uh, it's interesting because I don't think a lot of musicians get along on their outs, uh, you know, personal lives. But when they're jamming and playing together, it's, it's like uh, music, right? 
but also working as team, helping others uh, and, and whatnot. That's always uh, a good thing that I think the military helps with. And um, the sense of adventure, I like that. I think that uh, ties in with uh, being an entrepreneur. Uh, been to some cool places, uh, some not so cool places. Uh, uh, you know, I was in desert storm, so, uh, that was, uh, an adventure for sure. But, uh, you know, I'm glad it, uh, glad to say I've done it, but you know, it, uh, uh, we did have a sense of adventure, you know, living in a foreign countries, uh, Germany and traveling all over Europe, uh, seeing all different kinds of places uh, we broke into a uh, castle in the Czech Republic one time. Yeah, I mean, we, we were definitely adventuresome, uh, discipline. Uh, even if I wasn't very good at the discipline part of it, you know, I, I did have a good work ethic before I joined the military, but you know, showing up on time, uh, being prepared, uh, thinking about what you need, uh, and, and some of that is through experience, right? So uh, there's been plenty of time you're stuck cold, hungry, and uh, wet. And the next time you go somewhere, you always bring you some, something to keep you dry and something to keep your stomach full. Uh, so uh, you learn those things in the military of, uh, hey, look, I, that wasn't fun the last time. Let's do it differently this time. Uh, and then also consequences. I did a couple of things and where, you know, you get in trouble. I remember getting an article 15 for having uh, about 15 cents in my drawer. Cause that's, you know, unsecured money, even though it was in my room, which is secured, but I had, because I had a roommate, it's considered unsecured. So I was, you know, I, I did get in trouble a few little times, mean, nothing big, just little, little things, but, uh, there are consequences for, for actions, I guess. Uh, again, uh, the sense of belonging and the desire to help others. Uh, that's, that was, uh, a key part of being in the military. And I think anybody that joins, uh, they understand that, you know, that brother, brotherhood thing. Um, and then circling back to the, uh, the national guard and reserves thing. Um, so as a spouse, my, like I said, my, my wife at the time was active duty and, and we were, we had moved, uh, five times in 10 years. And, uh, every time we move, you know, you see these military spouses, you're like, what are you going to do? You got to go find another job. You got to, uh, you know, have a whole network of people. And I thought, man, this just doesn't sound, sound good. I want something that I can continue to do no matter where we are. And, and actually I wanted to be in financial services, uh, at the time I doing the online trading, uh, and doing the stock market. This is like 98, 99 at that, at that time. And I thought it was the greatest thing. Of course, you couldn't pick a wrong stock, uh, prior to the, uh, 2000, uh, uh, crash. Right. But, uh, anyhow, I, I wanted to do something and, uh, we we're still down at Fort McClellan. I remember riding my my motorcycle thinking, you know, I, I need a hobby. I need something I can do no matter where we are. And how can you have a hobby that is a job? That's what I was like. How can I do something that's like a hobby that I make money at, but you know, is a job, not a job, but you know, a business entrepreneur. And I went into books a million and just started walking up and down in the aisles. And that's where I found the investing. And I was like, Oh man, I learned all about investing. I wanted to be a, uh, you know, a financial advisor, a stockbroker, whatever you want to call it. Um, and 
that's what kind of really set me off on this path of entrepreneurism, you know, 2000 or 1998, it would have been. Uh, and it took me a, a full, you know, two years before I actually started our, uh, the business that I'm in now. So, um, traveled a couple of different places and, and whatnot. But, uh, so, uh, you know, that, uh, thing that I think that helps, uh, where am I going with this at, but, uh, the, the entrepreneurial thing, uh, you know, it, the military changes your perceptions that you would have had if you, uh, you know, are kind of stuck where you've always been. Uh, I know you hear the stories, you know, people that just joined to get out of where they were, you know, and, and I think that's always uh, something to change those perceptions. And uh, again, diversifying income. I, I saw that, you know, you could get, uh, you know, your income stops if you get kicked out of the military. And uh, it, made me realize that I don't want to just rely on one, one income. So while I like the military and I like what it does, all these other things, you just have to be aware that, you know, you could be kicked out at any time. So, uh, this brings me on to, um, <clears throat> brings me on to uh, the reserves and national guard, which is that additional income. Uh, if you have a full-time job right now, you can get the additional income of being in the reserves or national guard, um, and circle about, uh, 2005 went through divorce. And, uh, of course I didn't have a full-time income. I had five years as an entrepreneur at that time or still slugging it out, building the businesses and, uh, not quite having a full-time income with that. Well, what am I going to do now? Uh, and by that time I had been in the uh, Tennessee National Guard. So uh, they call it guard bumming, you know, uh, uh, where you just uh, kind of go from job to job, but you're in the military. So you, there's like these extra duty things that they can pull you in for. Um, you know, I know some people that have done drug interdiction. I know some people that work in uh, like the recruiting battalion and they help with recruiting. Even if they're not recruiters, they can go help out. Uh, extra duty. Uh, you can volunteer for different things. You can volunteer to go different places and people go on overseas or what have you just for extra money. Well, at this time, you know, it's the height of the, of the, uh, Iraq Afghanistan war. And because there's so many active duty people were, were, um, deployed, uh, the national guard bureau started what they call military funeral honors program, uh, where they train guardsmen to go out and, uh, do funeral honors for veterans and, um, and whatnot, which is, you know, the flag folding taps, firing party, you know, the whole thing you see on TV or whatever. Uh, and it was, uh, they said, well, you know, Sparks, you want to do that? And I'm like, well, yeah, how do I get into this? And so I, I joined up and uh, it was really kind of cool because I got to work what days I wanted to work. <clears throat> I wasn't on orders or anything at the time. I just whatever days that I worked, I got a, a duty day out of it, which is a one retirement point plus a, a, a stipend. And so I started that in 2005, which, uh, you know, allowed me to bring in that, uh, you know, that weekly paycheck, you know, to help me, uh, fill the gap of, uh, you know, not being a, uh, an active duty spouse anymore. So, uh, I, that was kind of good. And this is, this is going to circle back around of, of things, why it's a good to, uh, be in the military and then become an entrepreneur, uh, after that, they didn't have, uh, you couldn't get access to the TRICARE as a National Guardsman, but they changed that rule in like 2007 and allowed uh, uh, reserves and National Guard to get TRICARE, which is the military 
uh, healthcare system. Uh, and you know, even though this is before the the big Obama care stuff or whatever, you know, where prices really shot up, you know, I remember having a catastrophic plan cost me like a hundred bucks a month and my deductible was like five or seven thousand dollars you know so it was you know if you had to use the health care it was not cheap tricare came in place for a single person it was like 58 or 60 bucks i think it's 80 something right now uh and for a family it's like 220 a month for tricare and my deductible is a thousand dollars so anything above a thousand they cover a hundred percent and as an entrepreneur, you know, you have to get your own health care. You have to pay for it out of your pocket. It's not part of your company. And so uh, I was uh, thankful that, that they had this program in place. And so I took advantage of that. And right now, uh, I estimate that being part of TRICARE uh, saves me about $15,000 in health care costs uh, annually. So that's one thing there is, uh, you know, think about the military is is access to healthcare, uh, quality healthcare. You know, I get, I can choose my doctor. I don't go on to base or anything like that. And, uh, you know, it's really taken, uh, they really take care of you with the TRICARE. So, uh, so between the healthcare and the national guard income that I was getting, you know, I would have to earn like an additional 25,000 to 45,000 per year in income. Well, that, that was that stepping stone, or that uh, stopgap measure to help me uh, get my my businesses up for the full time income. Uh, so I think that uh, you know having that was was another thing that helped me be, become a successful entrepreneur. Um, you know, and uh, the other thing too is the veteran status. Anytime you're doing uh, as an entrepreneur, being a veteran and there's a lot of programs for veterans. Uh, Bunker Labs is one here locally, and they help veterans become entrepreneurs. And, you know, 15, 20 years ago, there was nothing. It was like, you're in the military, you need to go get a college education, go get a job. And now they're starting to see, like, uh, Farmer Veteran Coalition. Uh, there's uh, uh, Boots to Business. Uh, there's a bunch of different programs that are out there for veterans uh, to help start uh, and launch a business which is great. Uh, it's showing off your veteran status. I, you know, I don't wear it on my sleeve or anything, but I do let people know. And, uh, you know, and, you know, you meet other veterans and to do business with, you know, so in the businesses that I'm in, I've, I work with several other active duty people that have joined my team. Uh, and, and I think that's, uh, and I've actually got a couple links on my websites that talk about me being a veteran and everything. So, uh, and then the educational benefits of being in the military, the tuition assistance and a GI bill. Uh, you know, if you know, if you want to have a college, uh, education and, and uh, they're going to help pay for that. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, they, they, they think, oh yeah, I need education to get this done. And then the people that, you know, education is not worth the money. You know, I really think, um, if you work education, right which means you take something that's going to be beneficial to you in the future. And then secondly, and I think almost more importantly, is it's a networking opportunity. Just like the military is networking, is that brotherhood or whatever, you know, where you went to college and if you join a fraternity or if you're part of some kind of clubs and all that stuff, you're building relationships with influential people 
um, you know, and, and getting around, you know, people that in the future, uh, you know, can maybe help you and assist you in your business. So, um, you know, taking online classes, yeah, they're great because you can do it in the, um, comfort of your home and it's probably cheaper and, and I don't know, whatever. Uh, but you know, there's just something to be said for showing up in class and, and meeting other people. And especially if you're going to be in sales and marketing, uh, you know, we're all, if you, if you're an entrepreneur, you're in sales and marketing, this is kind of how it is. Uh, and there's some phenomenal, um, uh, things out there for, for marketing and business as well. So, uh, and I, there's even entrepreneurial studies and, you know, I don't know anything about the programs. I just know they're out there. So using that educational benefit that's, uh, guaranteed through the military, uh, to help you as an entrepreneur is, is a good thing. I think if you're a, a younger person or, or, you know, they do have age limits, but, you know, consider joining even just if it's the national guard or the reserves, uh, I'm kind of partial to the National Guard because of the they give back to um, uh, the community and they're doing a lot of community uh, or uh, community stuff, right? You know the the hurricanes and all that stuff. We did, we went down uh, to Mississippi for uh, hurricane relief uh, for Katrina. I, yeah, it's one of the things. So I like that aspect of the National Guard. Uh, I like the fact that uh, you know you're you're a citizen soldier. And so I've, I've got a great educational site that I did find. And if you're just looking at the military, and this is mainly active duty, you can go to www.todaysmilitary.com. And uh, obviously, while I'm most familiar with uh, the Army uh, and the Army National Guard and Army Reserve, uh, I, I think they all have their pluses and minuses. Uh, you know, the Navy, the Marines, and uh, Air Force and Coast Guard, what, what have you. And uh, most of them all have a reserve side of it. If you, you know, are attracted to the Navy Reserve, I know they have one down in Nashville, Naval Reserve. I've worked with some of those folks. Um, Air Force, uh, is, uh, it's usually the Air Force National Guard. They do have a reserve too, I believe. Um, Marine Corps Reserve, I know that. And um, I'm sure they have a Coast Guard Reserve. So look into all those, what interests you the most. And, uh, you know, obviously what's, uh, local to you, uh, if you don't want to take that step of going active duty for several years, uh, I think the reserve commitment is, uh, six years maybe, or eight years starting out. But, uh, you know, it's one, it's supposed to be one weekend a month and, uh, two weeks in the summertime, but, uh, sometimes we do a bit more than that. And, uh, I think uh, if you're if you're listening to this and you think you want to be an entrepreneur, consider looking. Uh, and you're a younger person, consider looking at the military as a uh, stepping stone to help you with your uh, entrepreneurial journey. It's definitely benefited me uh, more than I realized uh, while I was going through it. I'm looking back now after you know 31 years of uh, military um, service. And, uh, so, but today's show, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to plug my, uh, where I'm at now. So today's show is brought to you by the Tennessee national guard and all the guardsmen in the United States and United States territories. Uh, you can join the national guard in, uh, Puerto Rico, Guam, several other territories. Uh, you can visit, uh, learn more about the national guard by going to nationalguard.com. Uh, the guard dates back to 1636 when citizen soldiers formed militias to defend community and country 
and for 377 years, the Guard has stayed true to its roots. Enlisting in the National Guard means more time at home. Typically, training requires one weekend each month and two-week training period once a year. Uh, get a degree with money uh, for school. Learn job skills that translate into civilian world. Make bonds that last a lifetime and earn pride for life. Uh, and not to mention, you can get a retirement. So uh, when you become a Guard soldier... Your family will thank you, your country will thank you, and your future uh, will owe you. Uh, contact the recruiter to find more specifics about opportunities uh, in the Tennessee Army National Guard or whatever state that you're in. I appreciate you listening. Uh, if you'd like to subscribe to this, we're going to have some subscribe links. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll get my podcast up on uh, all of the podcast programs that are out there uh this is number two and uh hopefully we'll get them a little bit more steady coming in now so thanks for listening